like to begin today by asking you to do something. First, I would like everyone to reach toward the sky. Hold it. Now bring your arms down slowly.
You are my son, the beloved, and with you I am well pleased. The second pillar is today's transfiguration, when Jesus' garments turn dazzling white, which I imagine look more gold than white, with Moses and Elijah suddenly appearing and the voice from heaven declaring, This is my son, the beloved. Listen to him. And lastly, with the crucifixion, and you have the sanctuary veil ripped in two, the supernatural darkness spreading out during the day, and the Roman centurion saying, Truly, this man was God's son. All of these moments have something in common. They tell us who Jesus was. They reveal the divine side of Jesus' identity. But today we are at the second pillar, the moment in Mark where Jesus is transfigured. But why transfigured? And why now in the story? And why on a mountaintop? To answer the first question, Jesus is revealing to his readers, and in particular the inner circle of his apostles, James, John, and Peter, his heavenly citizenship. Also that he is the Son of the Father the Almighty. Questions about Jesus' identity are questions Christology tries to answer, but we cannot get at his identity without first moving what has become known in Mark's Gospel as the Messianic secret is proposed by scholars to have been issued by Jesus, because not only did he not want his followers to make him out into the warrior king they were expecting, but also because he had not completed his mission. The secret of who Jesus was could only be told from the context of, the, of his crucifixion death, and resurrection. And that hadn't happened yet. Only then would people understand why he was important to the world. But why does Mark introduce the transfiguration now? To me, the answer is a question. That is, why not now? Yes, there is nothing that prepares us for this. But to me, Mark is simply replicating the phenomenon of life. Bad things happen sometimes, and there is no explanation. Conversely, good things happen sometimes, and there is no explanation. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard would call this an event that is qualitatively determined, rather than one that is quantitatively determined. That is, Jesus' transfiguration is not something that follows a logic or probability that has been telegraphed leading up to this moment. Rather, the vision just happens without warning. Then there is the place that it happens at. Literal mountaintop experiences are not uncommon in the Bible. In the Old Testament, Abraham is willing to sacrifice his only son Isaac on the mountain in Moriah. 
him trekking up the mountain in Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments or Decalogue that Yahweh has inscribed. And in the New Testament, Jesus ascends into heaven from the mount in Olives, of Olives. Mountains are holy places, not only because they are away from the public eye, but because they contain the possible vantage points of God. In the history of film, something in the history of film, whenever the audience is given an aerial shot of something, it can be interpreted that the filmmaker wants to say something objective, some truth. High places have traditionally been associated with how the divine comprehensively sees. Also, mountains are part of the natural world, and nature at one time was seen as the divine's fingers tracing or imprint. To be one with nature was to be one with God. So what is the meaning for us of Jesus' transfiguration? Transfiguration means a change in form or appearance, which has more to do with change on the outside. A change on the inside is more akin to the word transformation. But mountaintop experiences do not happen every day, but when they do, they are like souvenirs from the kingdom of heaven. Souvenirs that we do not deserve or have earned because we are good Christians. They are just given to us as gifts. Have you been given one of these gifts? If we claim to follow Jesus, then like Jesus, we must be transfigured. And through that, changed on the inside. Think of those thin places, the places wherein we felt the Divine's presence. Didn't that experience inspire you to bring Jesus' message of love to those who had not heard it before? Being a witness to our own transfigurations made by God, we are then called to embody Jesus' message of love in the service we bring to others, like the guests at our Tuesday night hunger service. Being a witness to our own transfigurations made by God empowers us to forgive others who have hurt us, and rather than simply Writing them off, we create new boundaries so that, that, so that they are still within in the conversation with us. Being a witness to our own transfigurations made by God inspires us to really listen to someone who never feels heard and not to try and offer a solution or even a response because the need in that moment is to simply hold the space and be a companion. I was given three gifts at the monastery. The first was cotton candy. The second, a mirror. And the third, a word. Through the spiritual director appointed to me, 
They said they saw me as cotton candy, like there was this stick that represented the reality of an event. Then there was all this angst-filled thinking going round and round the event, like a candy man who takes a small paper-white cylinder and then winds the cotton candy around the funnel until you can't see it anymore. <clears throat> Next, there was the mirror. I discovered that the patterns of my thinking were binary. Things were either doom and gloom or rose garden. The mirror was that I had internalized the Western thinking of our world, knowing full well that people were, for the most part, gray, that is human, rather than either all good or all bad. And yet, even though I could think that, it wasn't my practice. Finally, the last gift was the word, and you guessed it, Jesus. But the word Jesus, as it is spoken through deliberate breathing. This kind of breathing, my director said, when it is intentionally done, clears away a lot of the clutter in our minds getting us closer to who we are at our core, our inner self. Let us breathe Jesus like this in all times.